I'd say one in 40 walk in without a mask. And of those, maybe 10% are going to argue with you. I mean, at this point, it's not a huge percentage. It's just the ones that do argue are the ones that ruin your day. That's John Steenwick. He's a manager at the Gardner Market in Gardner, Montana. It's at the northern edge of Yellowstone National Park. You might stop there for a cold drink or a sandwich on your way to see the majestic waterfall at Artist Point. Outside the store, you'll see a sign. No mask, no service, no exceptions. Enforcing the statewide mask mandate is part of John's job, which puts him in some tense situations. I had someone call it the Democratic flu. I've had people hand me those fake, I, I don't have to wear a mask cards that they print out at home. And the guy that handed it to me, it was a folded up piece of paper in his pocket and said, I have this. And I said, I don't care. If you don't have a mask, he'll offer you one. If you say your medical condition prevents you from wearing one, he'll offer curbside delivery for your groceries. If you keep arguing, keep resisting, he might say this. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. There's another thing John could say to these anti-maskers, and sometimes he's tempted. But he hasn't said it yet. In today's episode, CNN senior writer Thomas Lake tells the story of what John Steenwick won't say. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. You don't like it. Neither do I, this little cloth rectangle with the elastic bands. It pulls on your ears, tickles your face, makes you work a little harder to take a breath. So why do we put these things on? Right now, they're the best defense we have against a virus that has killed more than 210,000 Americans and infected at least 7.5 million, including our president. In September, CDC Director Robert Redfield told a Senate subcommittee that a face mask may actually help you more than a vaccine does. That is, if you actually wear it. You know, she threatened to run me over. She was in her car and her mom... That's Scott Demery, John Steenwick's boss at the Gardner Market. He's talking about the day in August when he asked a woman to put on a mask. She went through the gamut of excuses. You know, she started with, I have health issues, so I can't wear one. Then she went to her rights. The virus isn't a big deal. You're all sheep. She caused a pretty big scene. She was in her car and her mom was standing in front of the car so she wouldn't run me over. (laughs) Spit on me in my face. She knocked my phone out of my hands when I was trying to take a picture of her license plate. It was just really bizarre. It's no fun enforcing the rules. And sometimes it's dangerous. Scott would rather not do it, but he has no choice. He feels badly for his employees, especially John Steenwick. You can see the challenge in him every single day. You know, he's not walking as tall. He's not, he's not as witty. You know, he's got this sense of humor that, you know, we all love. And, um, you know, you just don't see that right now. Me, my wife and I both, you know, expected, you know, for him to come in and talk to us any day, you know, and say, you know, I think I'm going to quit. But he told me he never actually says the real reason why he's so serious about the virus. In other words, he has people come into the store, they don't want to wear a mask, 
They say it isn't real. He knows it is. Right. You know why he knows it is, but he right. doesn't say that. It's like there's that one thing he's leaving unsaid. Yeah, do you say that? I mean, you don't, you know, you can't say that. I, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you can. I I mean, he's a special he's a special case. August 22nd was one of John Steenwick's worst days at the market. Another guy refusing to wear a mask, yelling about the democratic flu. Like he started swearing. So at that point, you're out. If you're going to start swearing at us, you're out, you're done. But you don't try to reason with them or argue or explain why it's so important, right? No. It, when you get to that point, it doesn't even matter. Because the people that are arguing that pretty much thinks this is all a hoax anyway. And you've decided that you're not going to be someone who tells them the very specific reason you know it's not a hoax. No, I don't. I, I don't feel like getting into that with strangers. John is 44. He and his wife, Katie, own a bed and breakfast in Gardner. And the reason he got so mad at this anti-masker on August 22nd? That's his mom's birthday. He was thinking of her. John's mom and dad were planning to visit Montana this year. Drive to Yellowstone, look out for bears and wolves, see the white foam on the waterfall under that big western sky. You know, the other night there was a bull elk right outside our window. It was just rustling, eating leaves off a tree. Wow. How close to your house? I'd say about five, ten yards. And this is the kind of thing that you would have loved to tell your mom about because she would have loved to hear it, hear about it? Yes. Yeah. She would always, always ask almost every phone call, so what animals did you see today or this week or whatever? John is an only child, grew up in Chicago. When he got older, he and his mom would sit in the bookstore and drink coffee and have deep conversations. He and his dad used to travel through rural Illinois, looking for old abandoned railroad tracks or anything to do with trains. His dad loved trains. You may have noticed us talking about them in the past tense. Yeah, they lived in Michigan. So my dad called me and said, your mom's been taken to the hospital and she got diagnosed with COVID and I think I have it too. My dad was 72, my mom was 71. They were taking all the precautions that you were supposed to. They would only get like curbside pickup at restaurants. They would go to the grocery store at those ungodly hours of the morning that they would set aside for people at risk. And that's pretty much the only time they left the house. His dad tested positive and went to the hospital too. John wanted to visit and was told he couldn't. Too dangerous. Had to get updates by phone. And my mom, she'd improve a little bit. And then she'd like have a setback. And she was having a hard time breathing. So she asked to be put on a ventilator. What led to you all taking a road trip? How did that all come about? Well, they'd let you come to say your final goodbyes. So if it's end of life, they'll let you visit. So I got a call at work from the doctor asking about the um, power of attorney for healthcare. Probably like two hours later, 
they called me again and said, if I wanted to say my goodbyes, I should probably head out. So they said they would try to keep him alive until I got there. We were on the road and about four miles out of town. They called and said, he's probably not going to make it. So we ended up FaceTiming to say goodbye to my dad on the side of the road. I think I said something like, I'll miss you and love you. And about 20 minutes later, they did call and say he had passed. You know, my mom wasn't doing that good either, but they would, they would still do the aggressive measures to keep her alive until I could get there. So I got to Michigan. I had to put on a, a hospital gown, like gloves. I had two masks, goggles. I was crying a lot. And you get to see dad again. And Robert and Karen Steenwick of Holland, Michigan, married 49 years, died two days apart, June 2nd and June 4th, 2020. John let me see their death certificates. Cause of death for Robert Steenwick, age 72, cardiopulmonary arrest due to acute hypoxic respiratory failure due to novel coronavirus-19 pneumonia. Cause of death for Karen Steenwick, age 71, cardiopulmonary arrest due to acute hypoxic respiratory failure due to COVID-19 viral pneumonia. And so in all these times where you've had to to lay down the law, to be, in a sense, the bad guy to these people, are you ever tempted to say to them why this is so very real to you? I've been tempted, but I haven't, because you also get the sense that they just don't care anyway. I think by the time you've traveled across the country, you've encountered enough mask mandates that by the time you get to Montana from Florida and you're still refusing to wear a mask, you just don't care. So there's one thing you could say that you haven't said yet to anyone. You just haven't gone there. Probably, if you know, if someone had worn a mask, somewhere along the line, my parents would probably still be alive. Yeah. That story from CNN's Thomas Lake. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer, along with Amanda Seeley and Nadia Kanang from CNN Health. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations. This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Evan Chung, Madeline Thompson, Rachel Cohn, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders, with additional help from Mallory Simon. Nathan Miller is our engineer, 
and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to executive producer of CNN Health, Ben Tinker, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio.